0: It takes more than a healthy disdain for your own code to be a great software engineer. This is episode 370 of the Soft Skills Engineering Podcast, and I'm your host, Jameson Dance.
1: I'm your host and self-disdaining software engineer, Dave Smith.
0: Soft Skills Engineering is your weekly advice show about all the non-technical stuff that goes into the technical field of software development, like how to balance... You you, you kind of need hubris and disdain at the same yes. time. You need... I guess I swing wildly between the two. So that's part of why I'm so good.
1: The hubris keeps you going, even though you know that in six months, you're going to look back at your work and say, this was the worst thing I've ever produced.
0: Yeah. You look at someone else's code and think, how could they possibly do (laughs) this? And then get mad and write it and maybe make it better. And then six months. And by someone
1: else's, you mean your code, but from a little while
0: ago. The past is a foreign country. (laughs) Past me is a different person. That's right. (laughs) Oh, do you want to thank our patrons, Dave? Yes.
1: We'd like to say thank you to Nick Cantar, Brayden Keynes, John Grant, Travis Sanders, Nick Hathaway, Oladapofari, Ragnar, Jonathan King, Web Tao, Awesome End-to-End Testing, Will Angel, Monkey Face Emoji, Ira Chan, Patron.com, We're Hiring, Tuscarawas, Ohio, notice, Jameson, that I know how to say it, Craig Motlin, I Love Mavis, Alice Jost, Owen Shartle, Jenny Kim, Cody Sales, Kent C. Dodds, Noah Fraser Log, the re elect Jameson Dance Committee, Santa Hopar, and the re elect Jameson Dance Boogie Brigade, thecomputersciencebook.com, and Trash Panda. Thank you so much to everyone who supports at the level where they get a weekly shout out. We will say anything that is safe for work that you can type into the Patreon name field.
0: Are there Unicode characters for like musical notation? I know you can put little quarter notes and stuff in in emojis, but I wonder if you could actually compose a score and then we'd have to sing it.
1: <laughs> I'm thinking the combination of subscript, superscript, and normal text plus musical notes, you might be able to get a three-note score. There is a staff emoji. It's got a treble clef on it.
0: You could just do like guitar tabs too. Oh, yeah. Then we'll sing the guitar tabs. Right. <laughs> I often confuse recognizing something with knowing something. And so I hear you say, Tuscarawas, however you say that, Ohio. And yeah. my brain goes, yeah, I know how to say yeah, that. exactly. I've heard Dave say that before. <laughs> I totally got it. Yeah, I got it. Next time when I have to say it, it'll be fine. Yeah. And it's it's not. <laughs> it's so funny how we work oh. that way. Yeah. Good thing that never happens anywhere else in my life Yeah, exactly. Just, pronouncing just words. Just these words
1: <laughs> that come from Patreon. Yeah.
0: yeah, not like in school when I had to learn stuff and yeah. recall oh, it for a test.
1: Yeah, I know this material. I remember being in class yeah. and these things were presented.
0: <laughs> yeah, when someone else says it, I recognize it. <laughs> yeah, I know
1: it. Actually, honestly, Jameson, okay, I got to wax philosophical for just a moment, but I've taught classes before software development classes. And I always convinced myself that I was doing a good job teaching if I was entertaining, engaging, and if the students seemed like attentive. Hmm. But then I realized that that wasn't really the purpose of teaching and that I had to actually test to see if they were retaining the information. (laughs) And so I started asking questions and I realized that they were, I think that exact phenomenon was happening. They felt good Hmm. because I was entertaining. And then when I actually tested to see if they had retained any of the information I shared, it was like 0% retention. But they all really Ooh. enjoyed the class.
0: <laughs> the thing you were teaching is that Dave is cool.
1: <laughs> it, was more, it was more of a personal brand <laughs> development than anything else. <laughs>
0: yeah. Dave is your friend. Today we will learn that you like Dave. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it just,
1: it's very consistent with my, my crippling need to be loved by everyone.
0: Well, you can pull it off, so yeah, well, as long, as long as you keep pulling it off, nothing will ever go wrong. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We should read some questions. Shall I read the first one? Yes. This is from an anonymous listener who says, Hello, Jave and Dames. Long-time listener, short-time deaf. Big fan of the show, my confidence in my skills as a programmer has always been pretty low. So having a podcast centered around the soft skills instead of more complex topics like covariance and contravariance, temporal logic, or basic addition gives me the strength (laughs) to press further on. On to the question. How do you gain more confidence in yourself as a developer and not feel like a burden to your team? I'm a recent graduate with a bachelor's in CS. During my time in university, I struggled and took more time to grasp many of the concepts than my peers. After somehow graduating, I was too scared to even look for a programming job for a full year. After being encouraged by some amazing people, I finally applied and started a job as a junior dev at a software company. And I'm now in a constant state of screaming internally.
1: Oh. <laughs> Ouch, constant state of screaming yeah. internally. Well, time for work again. Ah! <laughs> I have this image of you walking into the office and the screaming starts and then you walk out and the screaming subsides.
0: Yeah. Not fun. Everyone there is so much smarter the training routine consists mostly of being given a project than having to stop another developer for help. And we program in an IDN language that is so underused and underdocumented that I won't name either for fear of doxing the company. I actually like the job. My coworkers are super nice. My project manager is the same and cares about the team. I've finished projects given to me on schedule so far. And of course, it's pretty nice making more than minimum wage plus tips. Yeah. Any advice on how to gain confidence? I'm programming and learning in my off time, but I'm still worried one day they will see me for the weak chain in the linked list I am yeah. and will delete me from existence and from LinkedIn, as I'm assuming is standard for firings in the tech world. That's right. <laughs> P.S. If you tell me to quit my job, I will simply find a second job to quit. Checkmate. <laughs> oh, we've been foiled, bamboozled. Checkmate. Checkmate. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I have got to use the word checkmate more often. Yeah. (laughs) It's so funny. Oh, product manager, you want this feature? Well, that's going to double the estimate. Checkmate.
0: (laughs) 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 Oh, my goodness. Oh, man.
1: Hmm. This is one of my favorite written questions, maybe of all time. This is really funny. I love it. I love the complex topics like basic addition. (laughs)
0: I've heard the words covariance and contravariance before, so I believe I know what they are. Yeah, and you can and probably I will not pass throw a test my on knowledge <laughs> any further. <laughs> uh, if it's multiple choice, I can I could do pretty well without knowing what it is.
1: Boy, I remember learning about this. I think I even remember the name of the class that I learned this in, but I just can't remember what it is.
0: Now I'm googling it instead of thinking about the question.
1: Me too. <laughs> Back on track. <laughs>
0: okay, I give up. So. Uh, on the question or no, on, on understanding on, what... Co- on covariance <laughs> that, and contravariance. <laughs> that was quick. You didn't even give any advice. I'll have to come back later on the
1: covariance thing. Okay. Basic addition, I, I have a pretty good handle on, though,
0: Depen- yeah. depending on the number of digits. Temporal logic is just like time goes forward, right? Yeah, it only goes forward. I assume that's, I assume that's what it is. Yeah, exactly. Then I, then I got that down.
1: Yeah. I, I pretty much move forward through time very consistently. almost every day temporal
0: logic stuff is easy
1: yeah i almost never go backwards in time
0: you have finished your projects on time so far it seems like it's going okay yeah and most of the time most projects don't finish on time i feel like
1: yeah that puts you in i don't know top five percent of performers (laughs) in the industry yeah
0: yeah, I mean I assume the scope of your projects as a new employee and a more junior dev is a little bit smaller. So that can make it easier. That can also make it way harder because you don't know what you don't know and a thing that someone thinks takes a couple days could take someone without specialized knowledge much longer. But I don't know, that's that's one data point that you are not an imposter.
1: I like I, I really hear this idea a lot of everyone at my job is so much smarter than me. And I would rephrase that to be, everyone at my job has been there longer than me and have already bumped into all these rough edges that I haven't bumped into yet. And they're just speaking from bruising and not from actually being fundamentally smarter than me. And I I just see that over and over and over. And and one day after you've been at this job long enough, someone new will start and they're going to think you are so much smarter than them because you've just been around this code base and this processes and this company for longer.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you know the least that you'll ever know about this code base and this company. And technically that's well, I'm gonna stop talking. <laughs> you're gonna know you're gonna learn more over time. Okay. That's what I meant. You 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 are you are at the bottom of a hill and steadily yes. climbing it and looking at people who are further up the hill going. That's right. Wow, that's right. What 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 kind of superhuman folks are these? And yeah. they just started earlier. How did they get up the hill so high? Yeah. How well, do they show up and be halfway up the hill already? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they so, built this hill. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs>
1: oh. Yeah, I boy, this is so common. I, I got to say, I have interacted with thousands of engineers at this point in my career, I think, probably, mm-hmm. over the last 20 plus years. I've worked at some of the most prestigious companies. Well, one prestigious company and many non-prestigious companies. (laughs) And I just got to say, like, there are a lot of really smart people out there and there are a lot of not really smart people out there, but it's very unlikely that you... I mean, just speaking mathematically, it's very unlikely that you really are on that like three sigma standard deviation bottom end of the bell curve on smartness and the people that you're looking at at this company are on the other end of it.
0: What about this feeling that it seems like this is carrying over from earlier in their in their in their career where they were I don't know maybe feeling like other folks other people understood stuff faster than them in school in CS specifically yes yeah
1: yeah for sure I mean that and and I got to tell you students who grasped concepts in my computer science program quicker or slower that was not a strong predictor on their performance in industry in my experience. yeah. I mean, I guess there's probably some correlation among students who grasp stuff really well, but it, it turns out that once you hit the workforce, there's a whole bunch of other stuff that play into your success, a lot more than just your ability to grasp theoretical concepts in computer science, take tests and score well. Like, for example, your work ethic, you know, showing up on time, communicating with people, understanding requirements, being complete and comprehensive in your work, your ability to test and pay attention to details, like... A lot of these things just aren't really the same as grasping new computer science concepts. They're just a very different skill set. And it looks like you're doing great.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're you're a great communicator or you asked a great communicator to compose this message for right. you. <laughs> this you know honestly, a great communicator. Th- yeah.
1: <laughs> this really was <laughs> a really well-written question. We we quite liked it. So you've yeah. got that going for you.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, there's definitely, I, I believe that, <laughs> raw programming ability is probably roughly normally distributed and i feel like as long as you're somewhere towards the middle of the bell curve like there are people way at uh, at either end but yeah if you're not at either end a lot of the other i think i'm just repeating what you said a lot of the non technical skills heavily influence your your ability to get stuff done it
1: yeah like your actual value to your your cold so your stone cold value as assessed by a completely unemotional corporation is influenced heavily by yeah. these other skills, meaning your ability to keep and keep a paycheck coming in.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I just started a new job. Uh, yeah, it was about six weeks ago now. And I'm working with someone who who built a lot of the code and knows everything about it and, and just has, for, for any question, the answer ready to go instantly because of a combination of their ability and experience and uh, i feel some of this too of like uh, i i could not have gotten that answer ever for some of them and (laughs) and sometimes (laughs) certainly not in the amount of time it took but that's fine i don't i don't have to perfectly overlap with everything this person does and and is yeah and and i have other skills and aptitudes and experiences that that also contribute so maybe a way to think about it is, is yeah, there's kind of this upward path of your familiarity with the code and growing as a developer, but also there's other stuff that you bring that nobody else brings to the team. And I, I assume some of it is excellent written communication skills. These seem great. Maybe you get to write the JIRA tickets <laughs> and they'll be incredible. And they'll <laughs> all be end with,
1: if you tell me to do this, I'll just do that. Checkmate. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I love that. Uh, I I also think people in general benefit from, and this is both for the question asker, but everyone else, benefit from recognizing that there will always be coworkers who are smarter than you. And Mm -hmm. there's just nothing you can do to change that. And it doesn't really diminish your value. Uh, And I, I frankly, I love working with super smart people because I I guess I just have this hope that some of it will rub off on me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: I love it too. I learn stuff from them and our team gets to do things I would not be able to do on my own if it were all up to me. Yes, yeah, so that's another way to look at it is not you're this imposter, but you have this opportunity to uh, assume they are all just way smarter than you, mm-hmm. which is not true. But say it is. Cool. You get to learn stuff. Absolutely. Maybe one more thing to address is like sometimes there's this fear that they all secretly think I am dumb right, or... Right. We'll all find out how little I I know. Yep. I think as long as you're open with what you don't know, there's a lot of grace given to new people in the industry and new employees. Yeah, absolutely. Where it where it gets bad is when you pretend like you know stuff, and oh, then people start that's to the question worst. every time you you seem to know something. Wait, are you actually faking it, or yes. do, you, do you really know this thing? But I yeah, I've, I found. Things get better when I raise my hand and say, "I don't know what that means." Yes. Can you tell me, and then
1: three other people go. Oh, I'm glad you asked
0: because I never would have. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yes. In fact, it's kind of kind of a paradox where the only way to truly be an imposter is to hide your ignorance, or try to redirect people away from it. Um, yeah. It, but everyone else, I don't know. They just they just appreciate. Well, I can't speak for every human on the planet, but but I will anyway. They appreciate people. <laughs> Who are clear about where their knowledge gaps are. Because that's And how if a team they don't, is. they should. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and I gotta tell you, like I, you know, having worked with so many engineers over the years, I've probably got three or four who stand out to me as just the smartest, most capable engineers I've ever worked with. And I'm trying to think, I think what I'm about to say is a true statement, but most of them have expressed to me that they have had self doubt as well. And so if those people, people who among like a thousand engineers are the best that I've worked with, even they have self-doubt, that means you shouldn't <laughs> because everyone does apparently. <laughs> and it's just not justified. It's not justified in any case. You're completing tasks yeah. on time. You're asking lots of questions. You're curious and you're learning and that's what it takes. And so no one's going to find out you're an imposter and then delete you from the doubly linked list and delete all the references to you. <laughs> which no one ever does correctly anyway on any interview. So don't worry. It is Im- actually it is actually yeah. impossible to delete from a linked list correctly. Uh, that's, why it, <laughs> that's why your job is safe.
0: There'll just be a use after free error <laughs> hidden exactly. in this company forever. <laughs> and that's you. Okay, one last thing I'll say about <laughs> this. You can try to gather some outside information. One thing your manager should be able to provide to you is a kind of assessment on how they think you're doing. And it's probably going to be, you're doing fine. And, and that might be useful to hear. Maybe you're secretly worried. They think that you're, that you're a, a burden on the team or underperforming or whatever. And, and it can be useful to hear them either tell you that explicitly, which it'd be great to know, <laughs> it would or, be. or, but they probably will your fears a little bit. Don't, yeah. Don't, don't, don't you find most,
1: will. most managers, like, even if you do come to them and say, I want to know, if I'm meeting your expectations, most of them in their moment will just say, Oh yeah, you are. You're good. Because it's so hard to say, no, you're not meeting my expectations for a lot of people.
0: Yeah. That's true. And, and that's so, just and uh, that's just
1: gonna contribute to your imposter syndrome more. So I apologize. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well then maybe that maybe that this is part of the purpose of performance reviews is to provide a a checkpoint that is guarded by process and bureaucracy to make the manager put effort into actually evaluating someone because it is hard to do off the cuff yeah it maybe you have one coming up maybe you don't you could also ask your manager "Hey, i'd like in a week or two to talk about my performance can you can you think a little bit about feedback for me and help me help me know how i'm doing so i don't want to put you on the spot right now but i i want to talk about it and give you time to prep Yes, I agree with that.
1: Give your give your manager time to consider what really is the most important thing to say to you, and I and as always, we, we advise this all the time. But ask very specific questions. Is the quality of my work meeting your expectations? Score me on that. You know, yeah. one to ten. Is the speed with which I deliver meeting your expectations? Is the my you know the, is my process for asking questions and getting clarity from the team burdensome? You know, score me, and just make them be very specific and and then when they say it, accept the answers because they're probably going to be good. I'm just just reading this question and I'm thinking, you're probably doing great. But accept those answers and stop troubling yourself with this. You know, try to reshape the way you think about yourself as this imposter who's constantly hiding from the the police that are going to discover that you're actually a fugitive on the run from the truth. And the truth is you're terrible. It's just not, (laughs) it's not reality.
0: Yeah. All right. Have we answered this question?
1: Yes. And, I just want to say that at the end of every question, I think we got to work the word checkmate into it a little more.
0: Checkmate. That's pretty good. We've answered the question. Check
1: and mate. (laughs) Jameson, have I told you my one rule?
0: There's a lot of one rules. (laughs) Hit hit me with this one rule.
1: Okay. My (laughs) one rule is never build your own CSV importer.
0: My one rule is to never say never.
1: Well, building a CSV importer... Always seems like it would be so simple. It's just commas, new lines. How hard could it be? Well, no. Have you heard of byte order marks, escaping, header mappings? Oh, you need Excel format too? Oh, and your users have comma-separated values inside their comma-separated values?
0: (laughs) I've actually tried to do this at a previous company. We tried to build our own CSV import, and it was almost done. For like six months, yeah. <laughs> because to get it working in just the initial setup is pretty swift. yeah. And then there's so much extra that goes into it to really polish it, to give error handling and user feedback and handling all the unexpected stuff that isn't like the test data that you feed into it before you call it done.
1: Well, I have good news for you. There's a new product that I wish had existed for the last 20 years
0: to save me for myself. It's called One Schema. One Schema provides an API that takes care of the pain of building CSV imports. It gives you automatic field mapping, data validation, and much more. Get world-class CSV import into your product
1: without reinventing the comma-separated wheel. Go to (laughs) oneschema.co
0: slash soft skills. That's schema.co slash soft skills. All right. Do you want to... Read our next question, Dave.
1: Yes, this comes from a listener named Supersunny who asks, my boss and myself have a difference of what is a value-added activity to the company. Even when we agree that our end goal is the same, our approaches are night and day different. We have discussed this many times and understand we are different people. But can this relationship work? This has created a lot of tension in our work relationship. Can two people at different ends of the thought process spectrum work together? Mm.
0: Nope. <laughs> Question answered. In a word, no. Checkmate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think there's a lot going on here. It's 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 not just two peers. It's it's a your boss and you. So that, that makes it complicated. Complicates this. There's there's added weight given to their end of the spectrum, even if they're not pushing on it deliberately, just from kind of structural power, I guess. Yeah. So this. I think you what you're agree. saying is to
1: solve this problem, just parrot back what you think they'll say and conform to it.
0: Well, that is one solution.
1: Probably probably a common, a common approach to this situation, actually.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and it sounds kind of scheming when you say it that way. I think a lot of it is, is subconscious nudges that, People end up doing not, not deliberately deciding, I choose to suck up to my boss, but just kind of get pushed that way a little bit. Yeah, because my boss signs
1: my paycheck and I want to do things that make
0: my boss happy. So yeah, there you go. Even when we agree that our end goal is the same. So I'm going to start with that one because that feels easier. If you agree that your end goal is the same, our approaches are night and day different. Having a shared agreement about what outcome you're trying to achieve is super important because it theoretically can free your boss up from caring as much about how you do it. And if the bo- if your boss has to do some of the work with you because of capacity or role or whatever, then this gets a little more complicated. But you could see a situation in which the boss kind of outlines the outcomes that you're trying to achieve and then says, tell me how you're going to do this and you present a plan, and maybe they don't agree with the exact approach or it's not the way they would do it, but if you can convince them this will achieve the outcome we want, then it should be easier for your boss to let go of the how yeah. as much. And, yeah, and, and in and fact,
1: I wonder why it's so important. Like, why is this such a point of struggle that this person had to write in about this issue? If, you're, if you have such good alignment on the outcomes, why, why is there so much consternation about the, the method of getting there?
0: I, I fall into this sometimes where I want the outcome achieved and also I want it done the way I would do it, even if I'm not doing it. Just like, of course, that's the right way to do it. Yeah, because it makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I would do it. So that's how it should be done. And I guess this isn't going to help you because I'm giving advice to your boss, but this is an important uh, skill to develop as a as a manager is being able to delegate work and kind of abstract over how it gets done as long as it achieves the the stuff you want it to achieve this can apply at the like low level of kind of what's our coding style and and all the way up to more abstract things but but like at the at the you could think of it as maybe there are two developers arguing over the code and the code works it does the thing but is not written the way one of the developers would write it okay And that can be a conflict if they're kind of stuck on, it needs to do the thing and be written how I want it to be written.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And uh, uh, part of the role of a manager is to help other people get stuff done, (laughs) not just direct them to do the thing that you think they should do to get the thing done. But that, that one's easier because you have a shared end goal. I mean, it's still hard. I don't want to say it's easy. There's even a bigger problem of disagreement over what what the end goal is, or, or if you should even do this thing. Yeah, exactly. Can you even that, approach and that, and that
1: doesn't appear to be the issue be, to be the issue here, which is actually a really good thing.
0: No, no, no it is. The we end have goal? A, It's the first sentence. My boss and I have a difference about what is a value-added activity to oh. the company. Oh. Even when we okay. agree that our end goal is the same, so sometimes they okay. don't even agree that the end goal is the same. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah, that, like, that's Like I would like to. Plant a thousand trees to improve the environment. Right. And someone else is like, I would like to destroy the environment because yeah. I hate it, <laughs> yes. I guess. Yeah. I don't know what the opposite of that is.
1: <laughs> to accelerate our uh, colonizing Mars
0: efforts. <laughs> yeah, perfect. More trees to burn. <laughs> <laughs> our end okay, goal is the same. Good
1: point. Yeah. Because I was I was going to go down the path of if you agree on the outcomes, then I've got some suggestions on how to how to align on the methods. But if you can't even agree on the outcomes, then it's just challenging and oh man i i'm i'm such a rule follower and conformist that i would probably just defer to my boss's way of doing things and and then because of stockholm syndrome i would come to love it
0: (laughs) really those trees did need to be burned
1: Mm, i love the smell of pine ash
0: yeah oh cedar (laughs) just has a nice flavor
1: I do think that when it comes to disagreement on methods or even outcomes, I find that if you can list the pros and cons of each approach or each outcome and get agreement on the comprehensive list, so like, do you agree that these are all the pros and these are all the cons, then you can actually have a discussion about which set of pros and cons you like of, for the two outcomes, you know? So two outcomes, each with their own set of pros and cons. Now you're comparing pros and cons and saying, which of these problem sets that we're going to create for ourselves do we like the most? And it becomes a question of, can I accept the cons or do the benefits outweigh the cons? And that's a much more rational way, or at least that I I believe it's a much more rational way to work through problem and decisions than saying, do I win or does my boss win?
0: Yeah. It, it sounds like a problem of, different I assume you're both coming with ideas of here's here's useful things we could do and I also will assume it's not like your boss thinks your idea is actually negative it's more like well if we do that thing we won't be able to do this other thing that I think is is more valuable I I wonder if there's some some higher level this is where there's a lot of like fuzzy corporate values alignment stuff out there but I do think it can help with questions like this of of what's the framework for us to think about where where value lives oh, that sounds so fuzzy no I know what I, know what what you're I just said I, no I, I think I get what you're saying which is you need tenants okay say say it good now for me <laughs> I, I think I just did <laughs> oh I interrupted you say it again
1: <laughs> I refuse I, I just can't oh, even align correct. with you on the outcome here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think what you need is tenets. You need to agree, and maybe before you even have your next discussion, you need to agree on what the tenets are that that are going to govern your value decisions. You know, like what's important to the company, what's important to the team, and decide what you favor X over Y. You know, we favor time to delivery over code quality, or we favor you know customer revenue over Jira, Jira ticket hygiene. Like th- there are things, there are topics here that are coming into contention with one another. And I think the problem is that no one has articulated a clear guideline for what takes precedence. At least that's just one possible explanation for what's happening here. And so this is something I try to do with my teams and I, I think I sometimes succeed at this where I try to give my view on what's, I'm suggesting a course of action but not just suggesting the course of action. I'm also trying to explain what the underlying tenets are that led me to that course of action or to that outcome that I think is valuable. And if you can put dollars on these things, that makes it a lot more clear because you can say, you know, this outcome is more valuable to the company because it will produce this amount of revenue over this time period.
0: You said it good. Good job. <laughs> 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 you did a good say. Okay. <laughs> oh, this is why yeah, if,
1: I come here each week.
0: <laughs> if If you... It's sort of like the discussion earlier about agreeing on outcomes and kind of abstracting over how you do it but bumping that up one more level where if you if you have some shared understanding of of broadly where you're trying to go then your boss doesn't have to have every idea of how to get there anymore and um it can help channel the energy of of the team into coming up with stuff that might be useful for that instead yeah. of just like what is every good idea? Do you have any good ideas? And yeah. the answer will always be yes. People have ideas. Lots of them are good. And and then you have to kind of shoot them down until the ones that match the way, the, the place you want to go live still instead of uh, saying, here's kind of the, the boundaries for what we're looking for.
1: And there, there is another way to fix this, which is I am guessing that the fact that you and your boss are having so many disagreements, it might be a symptom that your boss doesn't have enough people to manage. And if you can just add like eight more people Mm. to your boss's roster, I promise you this disagreement will go away because your boss will not even have the time of day to get into the weeds about what you're
0: doing. Yeah, you'll be able to do whatever you want. And there will be a long delay between, if you destroy something, you'll have a few weeks probably. (laughs) before they'll figure it out that's
1: true and then it's too late because that you'll have switching costs on your side now it's like yeah but it's already in production that way so do you really want me to go back and revert it um given all the new stuff we have coming down the line
0: yeah i like that that sounds like a pragmatic answer
1: it kind of honestly I'm, i'm only half joking when i say it because this is a low leverage pattern that your boss is engaging in i believe and by leverage what i mean is that one of the things that makes organizations work well is that you have leaders who can direct the activities of multiple people, but not have to actually do all the activities of those people. And so if your boss is getting involved in all the low-level decision-making of all the people on their team, it's actually low leverage because your boss has not is not fully utilizing the intellectual capacity of their team members to enact their vision. Um, and maybe you disagree on the vision, and of course that's kind of a problem, but... but in a typical organization, the, the way it, it's structured is so that the boss can give vision and then human beings with brains that work well can enact that vision at scale and, they're, and accomplish things that the boss could not accomplish on their own you know and i think a lot of times in in management especially when there's a lot of layers of management you have people who just kind of feel like it's their job to kind of just understand what's going on and then maybe report status up the chain and maybe make sure that there's no blockers on the team but not actually give vision and direction to the team but that really is why we have leadership roles in a company
0: yeah and so yeah.
1: i suggest i suspect that what's going on here is maybe a lack of vision. It's just so easy to criticize leaders. <laughs> so here I find myself slipping into that. Yeah. Uh, and we just know about five sentences about this person. So I think our criticisms are justified. Clearly.
0: Whenever I do this, then I stop and think, but surely nobody's doing this for me, yeah. right? Like <laughs> I must be above. Clearly nobody's <laughs> looking through a keyhole at what I'm doing and finding fault with it. No,
1: they would give you the full benefit of the doubt Uh, understanding that there's so much more nuance than what they understand and and you must be doing a great job that's what i think every time i think of you
0: oh good i think i can continue on then check well have we answered this question check (laughs) checkmate checkmate my (laughs) ego is preserved
1: yes all right
0: what can people do they would like their own questions answered, Dave.
1: Well, go over to softskills.audio and click the ask a question button where you can fill out our form and bonus points to anyone who incorporates the phrase checkmate into your questions. Uh, We really appreciate those questions, by the way. We love it. Also, a reminder, if we have answered your question in the past, please use that same form to tell us how we did. Was there any catastrophic events that happened as a result of taking our advice or rejecting it? And given very few people do this by the way, which tells me that our advice is probably so bad that people don't actually survive long enough to come and fill out the form and tell us how bad it was.
0: I prefer to think it's so good that they become so fabulously wealthy that they ascend to another level and are just above (laughs) the petty It's not worth their time. Yeah, exactly. It's like you wouldn't bend over to pick up a hundred dollar bill. Yeah, exactly. I'm running an
1: empire here. I don't have time to fill out silly forms.
0: (laughs) yeah that's what I think happens
1: okay let's take it
0: checkmate so yeah join (laughs) join them make your own empire (laughs) ask a question okay (laughs) all right I think we're done we will see you next week